1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Tuesday, May the 3rd, Ian Cameron with you, Uh, Andrew, Alex and Jimmy, potentially all MIA today for this edition of the Ice Guys, but we're still here and we still have another special guest, (laughs) third day in a row, we actually have a special guest every single day, uh, this week here, this first week of the playoffs, uh, he is a guy that's played pro hockey for many years. Uh, a little brief stint with the Montreal Canadiens, and we'll get to more of that, actually. we got a surprise plan uh, for Ryan. We'll get to that in just a second. But he's with the Canadiens briefly. been playing overseas most recently, uh, and uh, he's now with us most recently here on the Ice Guys on our one of our daily playoff uh, preview shows. Uh, Ryan Johnston joining the Ice Guys show today. Ryan, thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. How are you today?
0: No problem. I'm I'm good today. Thank you. Uh, how are you?
1: Yeah, excellent. Uh, I'm great because the playoffs are here. You know, second week of April, Ryan, I was just feeling it like, what the hell? The playoffs are supposed to be starting now, usually most seasons. And we got another two, three weeks of this regular season shit to go through. Yeah. I mean, it just got to the point where it was just driving me nuts. Uh, and I find that, uh, you know, when you look at uh, uh, finally getting to the playoffs this week, it's like, man, I feel even more pumped up excited uh, and ready for the playoffs, maybe more than I've ever been before, just because of the fact, like we've never seen something like this where the playoffs are beginning in May uh, Mm -hmm. because of the COVID-19 postponements, because of the Olympic break for an Olympics where they didn't even send the NHL players off to them. Uh, All of a sudden, the season's been pushed behind a little bit. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's as a result, we're just even more fired up for the playoffs because of how long it took for it to get here uh ryan tell us a little bit about uh, you know where you've been playing the last couple of years uh and uh, your plans moving forward uh now that the offseason for you has arrived
0: uh well first and foremost the offseason is a lot of golf for me uh i'm a big avid golfer so trying to do that as much as possible during the offseason but uh the last couple of years um you know i've been very fortunate to uh You know, see a lot of the world so this past year i was in finland with the hbk and then uh and then i was in germany the year before that and then san diego before that and a little bit of switzerland sweden a couple years before and then my north america stint with uh saint john's and montreal so i've uh i've been very lucky to kind of be around everywhere in the world um and uh you know the future moving forward uh i think it might be coming to to an end for me but the Kind of yet to be uh, decided yet. All right. Kind of yet to be decided yet uh, in terms of what you want to do
1: in the future. But you may be uh, hanging up the uh, skates. But, uh, you know, hobbies in your free time. What do you like to do when uh, you're not playing hockey? And what do you like to do just when you're back home? Um,
0: so, like I said, uh, during the offseason, for sure, uh, I like to golf. Um, I usually try and golf you know, six or seven times a week. Um, I you think and 90% the last- of the
1: hockey playing population. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's very a- popular.
0: many, many more people that would get more rounds than me. And like, I think, uh, the past couple summers I've had, like, I think it was like a hundred or 105 rounds, like every summer. So I've got, I, I managed to get out there a lot. Um, but, uh, you no, know, I grew up on the lake. So a lot of, uh, a lot of saunas, a lot of, uh, swimming, um, you know, hanging out with friends, uh, you know, it's a smaller community being from Sudbury. So, uh, you know, backyard, hanging out, uh, you know, playing cards, whatever it may be. Not, uh, not doing, we, we don't do anything too crazy a lot of the time. So it's a lot of that. But then, uh, you know, I have a big family. I have five uh, siblings um, and then eight nieces and nephews. So I, because during the season, I can't really see them. I try and do as much, uh, you know, traveling and seeing uh, friends well, family, but uh, family and friends as much as possible
1: it's wow, a big family. Uh, you know you're right you gotta you gotta make sure you uh, you're spending days upon weeks upon months even trying to keep up with visiting everybody, I would think with a family that size. no doubt about that. But, uh, awesome stuff. Um, now we've done this with uh, our two previous guests that we've had on the playoff preview shows with Bobby Ryan and with uh, uh, Andrew Gordon yesterday. and we're gonna do this. It's our little memory lane segment. Uh, Of the Ice Guys show with uh, our former uh, or with one of our guests here uh, on the uh, show. And so we're going to do that with Ryan today. Now, uh, I had to, you know, we always look for something we can show, uh, some kind of highlight, some kind of event that's taken place in your hockey playing past. So I ended up finding this one uh, regarding our guest today, uh, Ryan Johnston on the show. This should take uh, some, this should bring back some memories for him. One of the big moments. And uh, he steps into one of the hallowed, uh, I guess, dressing rooms you know, in the entire National Hockey League when you're talking about the Montreal Canadiens and he gets to see it, I guess, up close and personal for the first time,
2: time to roll it. It sucks to see uh, your teammates getting hurt and stuff like that, but, I mean, it's 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 good to see the, your teammates also getting uh, chances to try uh, and try to make it with, a, you know, the big club. I mean, it's everyone's dream to try try and play in the NHL. So, uh, I mean, it, with every pro, there's definitely a con uh, with hockey so hurt my back in, uh in the summer at development camp I really didn't know what it was until uh, until right before camp actually started rookie camp I was uh, I herniated my lower back uh, disc and uh, it was fine right up until you know I actually played like one exhibition game in Chicago um, and up until then that was my uh, that was my last time I was on the ice until I was I played in uh, mid-January I was finally cleared to play and then you know, I've just been trying to find my feet and trying to find my game. Uh, you know, it's definitely hard to try to come back after a surgery, you know, mid, mid-season form where everyone's trying to get into the playoffs. So, it's been a long year, but, you know, uh, it's uh, I'm definitely trying to take every lesson I can from it. You know, you definitely need someone who's who can just keep uh
1: All right, yada, 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 yada. Okay, oh, we get the point. We get the point there. Oh. Uh, but the point is, I wanted to ask you. Now, this was, I think, 2016, right? This was uh, six years ago. Yeah. I mean, I gotta, I gotta question you about this too. Isn't it some? Don't, don't the players just hate having to answer the media endlessly, relentlessly? And you've got to use the same old, you know, buzzwords: pucks yeah. in deep, and we've got to, you know, work on the power play, and you got to have good sticks, and you know, we got to, you know, make these play. It's just the same old buzzwords here, and you got to answer the same questions every day. But I'm sure, just for that day when you first got called up, you're you know, almost deer in a headlights look right. Wow. This is the Montreal Canadiens. Wow. This is the Montreal Canadiens dressing room, a yeah. dressing room that they treat that franchise treats it like it's the altar, you yeah. know, like, like it's just, you know, it's just, you know, you just cannot, uh, get anything bigger than that. It's yeah. like you have arrived at the palace, so to speak, once you enter that dressing room, what
0: was that feeling like for the first time? Uh, I mean, I don't know if i would ever be able to put into words, but I mean, uh, you know, it was a very exciting time for me. Um, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure anyone could say this that's ever played, uh, you know, lucky fortunate enough to play some games in the NHL, but you know, you strive, you know, your whole life to try and do it. So, um, you know, to do it with an organization such as Montreal was obviously very special. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it was just awesome. I mean, I can't put it any other way. It was just, uh, it was very memorable. Uh, very memorable for me and uh yeah i I wouldn't change anything for the world you know even though it was a very short stint um it was uh still one of the highlights that uh you know throughout my life you know career-wise or just whatever it may be like you know personal or or career-wise
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And look, a situation where it's, you got to play for the Montreal Canadiens. It doesn't matter if it's one game or a hundred games. You got to play there. You got to experience it with, you know, a storied franchise such as that. And again, you got to uh, spend some time in uh, a dressing room that's uh, revered, uh, basically, uh, when it's all said and done. So, uh, you know, well done for you to get to that point. You know, and it's definitely something that, you know, if I were in your shoes, I'd be looking back at that and say 40 years and say, holy fuck, I was, you know, playing for the Montreal Canadiens for a, a few games and in their dressing room for a little bit. That's pretty damn cool. Uh, No question about it. So uh, awesome stuff there. All right. We're going to turn our attention now to the playoffs. This year's Stanley Cup playoffs, that's primarily what Ryan's here for. It's primarily what you're all here for. You want to hear our thoughts on the playoffs, especially from a betting standpoint. Uh, In terms of last night, we'll recap that first, uh, what we saw in last night's uh, playoff action. We start with Boston, Carolina. Uh, Carolina, very impressive, Ryan. 5-1 victory. And what I like about Carolina is, look, they didn't have a good start. If you watch that first period, Boston heavily outshot Carolina, took the play to them. And is anybody uh, really, really worried now about anti Ranta? I mean, I couldn't believe the overreaction, Ryan, to anti Ranta being a net as opposed to Frederick Anderson. First of all, Frederick Anderson is always hurt. He is the prohibitive slow healer. This guy, an injury with him turns in from day to day to months. Yeah. That's the way it goes with Frederick Anderson it's a shame but that's been his history that's been his track record and people are acting like anti ronta is chopped liver you know this is a guy that has started a whole shit ton of games in the nhl he's got a decent numbers 2.45 goals against 917 save percentage it's not terrible mm-hmm. you know and it's and not like this guy hasn't played big games in the past you know is a serviceable goaltender and when you think about frederick anderson yeah you miss him he's had a great season but where's his playoff success in recent years frederick anderson now toronto had something to do with that you know it's a a first franchise for 18 years in the playoffs uh and that probably you know had something to do with frederick anderson's struggles but he didn't exactly step up himself Mm -hmm. you know in those years with toronto and even in anaheim you know those i think there was one or two playoff years there he kind of struggled so ronta goes in plays great holds carolina in the game for about a period and a half until they finally get going uh, Seth Jarvis, I cashed a goal score prop on him last night at like plus 300, Ryan Johnston. So 100 pays 300 if you bet yeah. that. And All he's right. one of those players that was uh, elevated to the top line. And those are great prop betting situations with players where when they go up to the top line, they are not priced the same way that those other two yeah. players on that same line are, like an Aho or a Svechnikov, and you get great betting value on the other guy that just moved up to the top line and Carolina took over from there. What were your thoughts, Ryan, on that game?
0: Um, I mean, to speak to the going situation, I think it's more just comes along to, you just have to have confidence, you know, in your goalie, um, uh, you know, coming from like a steam uh, team standpoint as well. Um, You know like you said like you know anderson hasn't done much in the past but i mean he's probably looking out and they were looking at him both like you know they're both crisscrossing in terms of he's looking out their teammates and the teammates are looking at him and no one's really having confidence in anyone at that point because you know no one's really done anything so i mean i I think you know if, if you've proven yourself uh i don't think it really matters who goes in that you know as long as that they can play their game then from there on out it's just you just have to make sure you play yours and just help out your goalie as much as possible and as long as he does his job then you're fine you know i mean obviously you know you always say that you know goalies can steal games and they can win the playoffs for you which is which is true you know i mean i i can't remember the last time it happened but you know like you're quick back when they won i think like the first time or something you know there's big goalie performances in which people uh which they stepped up and really helped a team win but uh you know i think carolina's so deep anyways that doesn't really matter like like they just have so much scoring potential it's just they're they're i mean they're obviously one of the best teams in in the league for a reason so whether they have their whether whether they have anderson or a backup in it i don't think it really matters do you find do you agree with me because i've said
1: this all season uh and uh, i think bobby ryan agreed too with what i said about carolina's blue line that i think one through six they are strong they are deep they don't have a Norris Trophy candidate necessarily on that blue line. Probably Slavin's as close as it gets, and he's very yeah. good. But I think one through six, they are so much better and deeper than so many other teams on the blue line. Do you think? Do you think that's correct?
2: Uh
1: yeah.
0: I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would say so. They, yeah, they just don't like they have. A, they don't have the star-studded, you know, one or two guys on each line that you typically have. Um, but the thing is, if, if you have, you know, one guy that's sitting at, you know, 50 points or whatever, or 60 points, and then the next one gets sitting at 50 points, but then everyone else is just so far behind. It's like, yeah, I mean, def- defense wins games and playoffs, but I mean, if you can have a team that's solid defensively, but then have still have that backbone in terms of everyone being able to chip in or make those good plays, then I mean, I would rather have just a very good balanced, like first to third pairing defense rather than having to rely on. Uh, you know, 25 or 30 minutes on your top guy. Because, you know, like if you get, if that guy gets hurt or he gets uh, inhibited in some sort of way, like, you know, there's some sort of injury, which now he can't perform at his top. But I mean, you're in, you're in big shit. Yeah,
1: no question. And that was a good performance by Carolina. Again, Tara Vinen with a goal, Nita Ryder, Jarvis, the big gun stepped up. And for Boston, again, their power plays an issue. It was not good in the final month. Now they're going up against the number one penalty kill in the league, Carolina. That's not going to be easy. But still, yeah. like Bruce Cassidy said, power play can't kill momentum. You at least have to get chances. You at least have to be in the offensive zone. You at least have to be looking like a threatening power play, You know, even if you don't score. Because they say that can be a momentum killer. You just get nothing going on the power play. And by the way, it's a great segue, Ryan, to the next game, Tampa Bay-Toronto. <sighs> Nobody knows what a shit power play can do to kill momentum than the Tampa Bay Lightning after last night, who were given basically, now you could quibble what you want about whether it should have been five in a game for Cal Clifford for the hit on Ross Colton last night. I think it could have been a little excessive with the punishment that was uh, given to him. It was definitely a penalty, uh, definitely two minutes. Uh, I don't know about five, but nevertheless, they gave five in a game and a five-minute power play, and here's a chance for Tampa Bay right away to plant that seed of doubt. In the Toronto Maple Leafs, Leaf <laughs> fans and say, here we go again, same old Leafs here in 2022. Instead, that was an abomination of a power play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And more than anything, it was bad by them. It's a credit to the Leaf penalty kill and a credit to the Leaf defense. We were talking about this earlier. You know, yeah. they were all over the ice. They were swarming like a pack of bees, yeah. you know, defensively last night, whether it was back checking forwards, helping out the defense, whether it was active sticks so that no pass could get through so that the shooting lanes were clogged up, blocking shots. So many Leafs sacrificing, putting their bodies on the line to block mm-hmm. shots uh, in that game last night, tracking of the puck, just, you know, winning puck battles. You know how many years I've watched Toronto Maple Leaf playoff hockey and they lose like three quarters of the puck battles one-on-one in a sure. playoff game. That didn't happen last night. Yeah. They were winning them all over the ice. And you've got to give them – you can, you can, you know, shit all over Tampa Bay for having a bad power play last night. At the same time, you've got to give Toronto a lot of credit for what they did on the penalty kill. I said at the time, man, Kyle Clifford, what a bonehead decision to hit him. What have you done to your team here? Now they got to kill off a five-minute – and at the end of the day, that five-minute kill, really Toronto dominated the game from that point onward. And it started with that five-minute kill. The crowd's going nuts because they had like four or five shorthanded chances the Leafs on that five-minute penalty kill, and they just took over from there. One nothing. to the Matthews goal with the five-on-three special teams was huge. It was it was horrendous for Tampa. It was excellent for Toronto last night. And the next thing you know, they just win going away. And really, the shorthanded goal by David Camp was the Ooh. backbreaker, uh, beating Vasilevsky, making it three nothing. Victor Hedman, you don't see him look like a fool very often on the ice has been one of the best defensemen in the league for a decade so that, yeah. that old harry neal quote coming to light though he fumbled the puck at the blue line he dove to try to catch camp missed him and then he was gone on the breakaway victor hedman's proof that as harry neal once said even betty crocker burns the odd cake uh, <laughs> and that's exactly uh what victor hedman did there even the best defenseman will fuck up every now and then oh, yeah. and, and that's exactly what happened with hedman but credit to the Leafs, jack campbell just st- solid steady actually did have to make a couple of big saves second and third period when Tampa tried to make a push, but just about as good as a response as you could ask for Ryan, from Absolutely. the Leaf team, obviously feeling a lot of pressure coming into these playoffs to try to finally win a first round series. And boy, they sure
0: as hell got off to a good start. Didn't they? Oh yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised by that game. It was, I, I thought Tampa was just going to come in. I mean, for the series, uh, just gonna come in and stomp them I just there's just always been something off about Toronto that I didn't think there were gonna be uh, you know winners in terms of like the Stanley Cup I mean and then when you're facing like you know 2 time back-to-back Stanley Cup champions and yeah they they lost some some good deep guys but they still have you know basically their core there you know I, I thought they were gonna come in and just mop the floor with them but they uh I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just like they prove themselves, I like guess it, it was really good to see that, you know, Marner finally kind of uh, get, get the monkey off his back and actually able to you know produce in the playoffs. So, I mean, if, if he's if he's on with Matthews and, you know, he obviously produced that last game, too, um, you know, they're going to be an absolute dangerous team because usually it's just that as soon as that playoffs hit, it's a totally different game. Right. And you're not able to do those. You know, those plays that they usually been doing in terms of, you know, like maybe the little nicer plays, the passing plays, the, you know, whatever is the drop pass or behind the back that Marner likes to do. Those things just don't appear as much in a playoff game. Right. So, uh, but I mean, he, you know, made a great pass to Matthews on that one goal. You know, he had that one chance, uh, you know, I hit the post. So, I mean, if they keep it up uh, and then they rely on their big guys, I mean, they're going to do really, really well. But it's just a question of can they actually do that or if that was just like a one off kind of thing. And it's a great point you made just now
1: because, look, it was a great game. Toronto has got to be ready, though, for the punch that Tampa Bay is going to throw uh, in yeah. game two. There's no doubt. This is this is the two-time defending champions. This is not a team I expect to go away quietly. In fact, I expect them to have a much better game in game two. And that's going to be the ultimate test. I want to see Toronto show a little freaking killer instinct here. You know, That'd take a 2 nothing series lead. You know, bear, try to bury these guys. Uh, and see if you can put this uh, series away, uh, and maybe really put Tampa Bay behind it. It, it. Whereas, if you let them, you know, dictate things in Game Two, and it's a tied series going back to Tampa, you know, things can really swing. So that's going to end up being a big Game Three there, or Game Two, in my opinion, for the Leafs, Ryan. There and for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I actually saw. I mean, I saw a stat or whatever. I don't even know what. I think it was like you know, Vasilevsky's like fourteen and zero or something after a loss, like the previous game. So. I mean, this is going to be a big one if he, if they're able to win those two in a row. I mean, he's never had that happen before. I mean, not that he's never had that happen, but at least in the last ones, I guess he's, he's, uh yeah, I mean, I guess actually, I guess it's never happened to him before. He's never really lost after losing a game before. So, I mean, that'll be a big thing for, for them to be able to do that and maybe kind of put pressure on him to be in a situation he's never been in before.
1: Yeah, no question. Of course, it got rough late in the game. I mean, Perry and Simmons, and uh, yeah. they were all up to there. I didn't like what Maroon was doing on Riley. I mean.
0: You know, no, just,
1: Riley has never been in a fight before, and here's Patrick Maroon, you know, you know, just absolutely wailing away on him. I mean, it's just – that's a little ridiculous if you ask me, but uh, nevertheless, it got a little rough. It got a little chip, chippy at the end, which you expect. That's always – look, you've been around the game a lot. Yeah. I mean, these teams that are down and getting their ass kicked in the 5 nothing. it's like that petulant child, shit disturber. They try yeah. to – you know, they try to cause a ruckus now because they're not – they're upset. Uh, you know, like the, the kid will do that sometimes temper tantrum and, you know, you know, kick his little kid brothers or some, some <laughs> something. Like that. That's what happens. Like, they're angry. That was Tampa Bay last night. They're trying to get some shit started, trying to get some emotion and trying to get a little physical gamesmanship. Right. Going into game two it happens all the time. It's not That's a big good. deal.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. And uh, by the way, I said this on Twitter, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. We all know last year against Montreal, first round one goal combined between them. Game one last night, two goals. Combined three goals actually combined between them uh, because austin matthews got two marner got one One, they already have three goals the two of them combined in one playoff game this year and just the one the entire seven game series against montreal last year pretty amazing stuff there uh minnesota what happened to the wild uh last night uh, against the uh, st louis blues shut out for nothing uh you know i'll I'll tell you what happened ryan and it's (laughs) easy to figure out what happened you can't take penalties against St. Louis, and if you do, you better kill them off uh, because that power play for the Blues just ate the Minnesota Wild up for dinner last night uh, in that game. Unbelievable. hat trick for David Perron. He was absolutely magnificent. Mucinavich uh, was great. Tara Sand- the big guns, o- O'Reilly, they were all awesome last night. Uh, for the uh, st louis blues and the power play was the difference i actually think at five on five even strength minnesota was st louis's equal and you could even say they carried the play against st louis and Mm -hmm. billy huso had to be very good but when you're going to take that number of penalties and you're going to obviously struggle with your penalty kill you're going to be in trouble against st louis their power play is elite it's been elite most of the season and they showed it again last night in the game one victory against minnesota so if you're the Wild, you don't pan. I know some Wild fans might be panicking. I hope our guy Terry Edelman's okay. Terry Edelman Ryan is one of our longtime loyal viewers. He's a huge mm-hmm. Wild fan. He's not in the chat today, and I'm wondering if he's still depressed uh, from last <laughs> night. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, to him and all the Wild fans, don't panic. You know, I know it hurts to lose a home game because you've been so good at home and kind of mediocre on the road. You got to go win in St. Louis now, at, mm-hmm. at least one game. But I'll say this: fix the penalty kill. Stay out or stay out of the box. Those are your two yeah. options. Yeah. All right. Fix it or stay out of the box and keep that five on five play somewhat like it was last night where I thought you played well enough and you can get back in the series and it's far from over, but you got to win game two because you're not going back, going down two nothing, going back to St. Louis. That's not something you want, but uh, what yeah. did you think, Ryan of that one? Minnesota St. Louis last night.
0: I mean, I, I'm really surprised by that. I thought, uh, I thought Minnesota was just going to kind of walk all over them. Um, but I mean, clearly, I just don't know how to even watch hockey or assume what's going to happen in hockey anymore. Because I thought also Toronto was going to get stomped, and then next thing you know, they you know only win five, whatever it is, or five nothing. So it's uh, I mean, I, I was really surprised. I mean, like you know, there's a hometown guy, Marcus Foligno, there, so I'm hoping that they do well. Um, and you know, I think they just have a really star-studded forwards. Um, and then the goaltending's been the goaltending's been fantastic this year, but. God, it's just like very weird to see. I, I thought I haven't thought that St. Louis has been that in, in my mind, not that I'm saying that they haven't been good, but just in my mind, I thought that they, they dropped off significantly after that uh after their 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 win the other year. But it's just uh I don't know, they just like somehow emerged and been able to keep up and get their guys that they needed to get going with like O'Reilly and Peron, uh really stepping up and then they've had to find those like smaller pieces that are have been kind of like have come into the lineup and actually been able to contribute and kind of fill those holes that they, that they lost, uh, whatever it was, three years ago. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's,
1: it's, it's, it's the St. Louis blues look damn impressive. And my one concern yes, last great. night, Ryan was Billy Huso in his first playoff start.
0: How's he going to look? How's he going to handle it?
1: Handled it all right. Didn't he?
0: Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. Apparently a I mean, shutout. I mean, yeah. I guess he's just good. You don't have to, you only have to worry about it. And, I mean, I've always thought about this and I mean, obviously it's a different creature playoffs. Um, but, you know, in my mind, it's always just it's always just another game. I mean, obviously, it's it's not like that. You can't just, uh, you know, make it seem like, you know, just say that and be like, oh, yeah, it's just like any other game. But, you know, I think, you know, the good people that are able to do that and just think of it as another game, um, you know, obviously with a little more dire consequences, are the ones that are able to succeed the most. So, you know, for someone to say, oh, it's your first playoff game. It's like, well, what, what really changes? It's like, well, the physicality might change a bit. Um but other than that, you know, I mean, you're playing hard. You're playing for your team still, and you just want to win anyways, right? So, for me, it's just that it doesn't really matter. And, obviously, he's, he was able to just think of it, like, in the same way, I believe. Yeah, he's
1: a talented, a good, talented goalie. It's from that Finland factory of goaltenders. Uh, they just yeah, keep yeah. cranking them out. Uh, they crank them out like an assembly line cranks out cars. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, I know. I don't know why they're so good at it. Yeah, it's just the, 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 the amount of just – incredibly talented goaltenders from that country and a small country too. that whole country is just leaps and bounds improvement with their hockey uh, over the last decade. And now, you know, whenever Canada or U S or Russia or the big, you know, boys have to play Finland, you know, you better be ready to play your best game. I mean, they can beat anybody Finland uh, right now in international hockey with uh, what they're doing all right final game speaking of goaltending this is the geriatric bowl of goaltending battles here in the uh first round the la edmonton series you got jonathan quick on one side mike smith uh, on the other uh and boy what a game last night back and forth it went and look uh to, to a certain degree same old oilers but more importantly yeah. same old mike smith i mean and unfortunately for mike smith look he played good at times but he was not as good as he was down the stretch. Like, down the stretch in April in the regular season, he was fantastic. He was not right. at that level last night. He was decent at times last night, but other moments where, you know, he wasn't – he was Mike Smith giving up a goal that he probably shouldn't have. And, of course, the game, what decided the game – what I like about Edmonton was they punched back every time L.A. took the lead. L.A. Yeah. went up one nothing, they answered. Or 2 nothing, and then they answered. You know, tied it up 2-2 with Yamamoto's deflection goal. That was a goal score prop cashing for me. They went up 3-2. They tied it again, Edmonton. Great response. They showed a little mental toughness, fighting through adversity. Uh, And then Mike Smith does what you can't do. He absolutely can't throw the puck up the middle in your own zone in front of your own net like that it gets picked up he makes an unbelievable save at the very beginning to bail him out but unfortunately look if he puts that puck to his clears it to his defenseman use your defenseman i think nurse was there i think two of your defensemen were right there as easy outlets to give the puck to them instead he tries to force it up the middle and he ended up paying the price for it. puck stays in the zone even after that ridiculous save he made and it ends up being the game winning goal uh, for Philip to know when they win four, three and look, credit to him. He took all the responsibility. I can't make that play in, in the post-game press conference, but unfortunately you did. Uh, and yeah. unfortunately it was a huge, huge reason, you know, why all here you are again, the Oilers trailing, uh, in a playoff series, but here, give the Kings credit for a young group. They stay composed. They have a very good team game. I was impressed with all these guys on the blue line with no Drew Doughty, Mikey Anderson, and guys like that are stepping up on their uh, blue line last night, playing minutes that they're not accustomed to, Ryan, because of you know having a guy like Dowdy out means everybody's got to play more minutes uh, and do a little bit more. And they got a lot out of Edler, Roy, Anderson. Sean Dursey is going to be a terrific defenseman for them. Uh, Oli Mata, Jordan Spence, credit to that six uh, on yeah. the blue line. And Kempe was good. Uh, follow had a phenomenal game. Trevor Moore had an absolutely outstanding game. Yeah. I'm sure the Leafs wish they still had him. Uh, because they traded him away, and uh, Trevor Moore has developed into one hell of a hockey player this season for the Kings, and he keeps getting better. And here we go with the Oilers now. Already a little
0: bit of pressure after a game one loss, Ryan. Yeah, I know it's uh, well. For that, that the, going back to the Mike Smith thing, it's a uh, it's a hard thing to to comment on one of those kind of goalies that are really able to play the puck because you know, you appreciate it so much as a defenseman and probably as a forward, there's probably some, you know, quick breaks that you get that you never would never get with. a. He's usually great at it. Exactly. But the thing is, is, it's like anything, uh, you know, if you have an offensive defenseman, you know, they're going to make a lot of great plays in there. But then, you know, as soon as you make that one mistake that is, you know, pretty apparent or really costly, you know, people are always going to call you out for it. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, what happens in a, in a playoff game. Um, and you know he's he's made the most mistakes in the past. I mean, like all people, all goalies that play the puck. So it's it's uh it's just kind of one of those things that you know it sucks to, that it happened at that point in time. But the thing is, you know, having that ability is, is, is so nice for being in the defensive end because you know as if you have two defensemen out to each corner, you know now you have to decide as a forechecker what exactly you want to do because are you going to go at him or are you going to go to the defenseman because he's able to move it up the middle or he's able to. You know cut it by someone so i think it's it's just it's very unfortunate but i mean that's uh that's the risk you you play when you when you when you're kind of one of those kind of goalies so um yeah it's very unfortunate in terms of that but i i mean i just never been a big edmonton fan um you know i mean i know they have some of the best players in the world but i don't know there's just something always about them i just don't know if it's if they're ever going to get what they need to get in terms of i don't know what pieces that they need you know because you can't add any more forwards or scoring machines on their, on their team. Um, You know, they have a pretty good defensive lineup too. It's like, yeah, you can get some better goaltending, but I mean, if you get a really big, really big goaltending name, like you might have to give up something that might be a big piece that you've relied upon so heavily before, like your forwards or whatever it may be. So I don't, I just don't know what to do with that team. I just don't, I can't picture them going to like a Stanley cup you and
1: everybody else in the hockey world,
0: apparently after,
1: especially after last night with the way they uh, lost that game. I mean, game two is obviously imperative now, you know, you got to try to put, put put this aside and try to bounce back from it. And, you know, unfortunately I said it last night on Twitter. It's true. Um, It was just at the wrong time at the worst time possible, you know, Mike Smith, Mike Smith. Yeah. That's exactly what ended up happening at at, at the absolute uh, worst time possible. And look, we got to blame some of the oilers t- uh, as well you know the team overall about the loss last night how is it and give toronto credit because they were flying right from the opening face off against tampa bay and they said hey maybe it's going to be different for us this year we got to give fans belief that hey maybe things are going to change this year in the first round how is it that the oilers you get outshot i believe 7 nothing or something 8 nothing you know in the first you know 10 minutes at home in, in, in a game like this in the playoffs when you've had flameouts and flops in the playoffs repeatedly the last few years. How do you allow that to happen? How do you allow yourself to get outshot 7 nothing, 8 nothing uh, early in that game last night? To your point, Ryan, that's kind of why maybe you don't believe in them because yeah. it's like where's that 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 internal mechanism? That internal mental gear that says, "Hey, it's playoff time. We've sucked. Yeah. We've been horseshit in the playoffs the last 2 years." Horseshit. You know, yeah. got swept by the Jets last year. It's time to make amends. It's time to be ready right from the drop of the puck in game one. They weren't last night. That's not Mike Smith's fault. It's the whole team.
0: Yeah. No, I know. And, I mean, you can look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, like I said before, you know, you, you don't know if it's just a one-off and you don't know if it's just one game. But, I mean, if they're able to carry this through, it's like, you know, they've clearly done something either within, you know, management or mentally, whatever they've done, they've – kind of tried they figured something out i mean that's obviously like i said if they're able to carry that into the next game and you know further down the series but i just don't see like i just don't see edmonton doing that currently um you know even throughout the season um i I can't remember exactly what it was but i mean they had a streak where they didn't win for like a month straight or something right like and you know if you're a good team i mean everyone's going to go through streaks of losing and winning but you know, if you're a good team, you typically aren't going to go through a month long losing streak. You know, you're going to have some mental fortitude in a way that you need. Someone needs to step up. Someone's going to say something, whatever it is. And I'm not trying to you know take away from you know McDavid or any of those big name guys. I mean, obviously they're the best of the best and they have the mental fortitude. Like I would never believe, but you know, I, it, it's just a different character when it comes to playoff right, and they they have to be able to step it up and and, and change into that playoff gear. And like they just haven't been able to, you know, you know, kick it into high gear, so to say. Well, they better in game two or else they're
1: going to find themselves in a lot of trouble. All right, let's go to what, uh, tonight's games. That was last night. Time to move on and look ahead. We've got four games tonight. We will start with game one, Eastern Conference first round. Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the New York Rangers. Uh, New York Rangers minus 140, current uh, home favorites here uh, in game one. Total five and a half across the board. The money's actually come in on the Rangers. This price opened minus one twenty-five on the New York Rangers. It's gone up to about minus one forty right now. I do agree with this move. Uh, I said it on yesterday or Sunday's show, the preview show. I like the Rangers in this series. Uh, I think the goaltending is a huge aspect of it. <clears throat> Igor Shosturkin, uh, an incredible season. Now people are going to quibble and say, yeah, last couple weeks, maybe not quite as sharp as he was most of the season. But still, we're talking about a, a guy that's been outstanding most of the year, still top five in a lot of key categories, say percentage goals against. You look at his goals saved above average. It's one of those you know advanced numbers that people look at now for goaltenders. And uh, he's terrific in that category as well. It's just a terrific goalie, and you give him an edge over Casey DeSmith, you know, tonight. That's simple as that. I mean, Casey DeSmith's just a middling backup goalie. Like I said, he's had a couple good starts, and he's capable of playing well, but we've also seen a lot of instances where he's given up four. He's giving up five to the Islanders, even. They scored five goals against him down the stretch so i think it's a goaltending edge for the rangers i like the way their blue line played down the stretch in front of their goalies they all played better fox Lindgren, miller truba the young braden schneider they're really developing a nice core there on that blue line led of course by adam fox up front a lot of reliance early in the year on criders Jad, panarin uh, for their offense uh, but they got andrew kopp from the jets a great pickup at the deadline frank Vitrano as well they needed some forward depth. Chris Drury, the GM, addressed it, and Alexi Lafreniere, who some people that just have no patience whatsoever, calling him a bust early in the season. I couldn't believe that. Uh let's let the guy develop. Let's chill out and let's let him, you know, develop a little bit. Doesn't have to be amazing. Doesn't have to be Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid right away. Give him some time. And now look what he's doing. He played great down the stretch, and I think he's going to be an X factor for the Rangers here in the playoffs. I think Alexi Lafreniere props. I said I'm going to take these props on this guy starting right from game one tonight because uh, I think he's peaking at the right time. We know he's got elite-level skill, finish, release, all of that, and I think you're going to see that show up right from the start here uh, in these playoffs with the confidence he has. Uh, I know he's playing the third line, not the top six, but with with Hedel and with Kako, I still think you're going to see Lafreniere make an impact here. I like the Rangers here, minus 140. Even at the uh, price, it's moved up a bit, but I like uh, the Rangers here to uh, get game one. And as I said, Sunday, I think they win this series as well. You've got to respect Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Rust, of course, uh, up front, Jeff Carter uh, and company as well. Uh, and the defense led by Latang, Dumoulin, and Marino, three very good defensemen for Pittsburgh, but they were a little bit more up and down late in the season. Yeah. And I just think the goalie edge for the Rangers is too much for Pittsburgh to overcome. I like the Rangers in the series and also in game one tonight. Ryan, what do you think here, Pittsburgh, New York?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I... uh I think just in my mind, I, I mean, I'm not sure I'm not a massive, you know, betting guy, but in my mind, I think there's a lot of teams that have been able to kind of sustain that core group, um, you know, whether it be like their firepower or goalies or whatever it may be. And I think Pittsburgh is one of them, but I think that, you know, they're at the end of, uh, they're at the end of the kind of like their dominance that they had for what is it the last, you know, 10 years or whatever it may be um, you know, I just don't think Malkin's the same as he is, you know, Crosby's just a very sneaky, you don't hear about him. He's not as flashy as McDavid and all this, but then you look at the end of the year and every single year he's, you know, above a point per game or whatever it is. So, um, I just, I just don't think they have like the depth that the Rangers have. And like you said, like their goal has been absolutely stellar. And, uh, I mean, I I think it should be a relatively easy series for the Rangers personally, but, um, I mean, you never know with, uh, (laughs) with playoff hockey, that's the thing, but, I, I just think like the thing Rangers, I've been very impressed. Zubinija has really come into his own this last couple of years. Um, you know, typically I've always been a Sens fan and I didn't think he really impressed me when he was with the Sens. And then, you know, he kind of struggled a bit with the Rangers too, but, you know, he stepped up his game and, uh, you know, him and Panarin are kind of you know forced to be reckoned with. And then obviously you have Fox on the back end too. So, I mean, if you can just have uh goaltending be average, I think that's going to outplay the, the Penguins any day of the week. All right. So, uh, Ryan, in agreement, like in the Rangers
1: here, uh, you're right. Mika Zibanejad, different player, no question, with the Rangers. I wonder if he's still known as his alias, DJ z bands, because I know <laughs> when he was in Ottawa, he was like a DJ, you know, part-time and, you know, nightcl- uh, a nightclub DJ, you know, in his uh, downtime. Okay. So maybe he's doing that. In New. If he's doing that in New York, that's a nice place to be doing yeah. that kind of gig. Uh, that's for sure. But <laughs> uh, maybe he's older now. He's not got the time to do it. But- yeah. So- yeah, I was actually a friend of mine that lived there in the Ottawa area, Gatineau. Actually he lived oh, yeah. on the Quebec side of the border, Gatineau, Quebec, and uh, he always said, yeah, he heard that hey, D- Mika Sabajin, DJ. He saw him out there one night doing a DJ gig,
0: uh when he was playing with the Senators. So, yes. he's a
1: multi-talented
0: person. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of people into that now, you say, yeah. I feel like I've seen uh I can't remember the names so of who did it, but I I feel like I've definitely seen some people that are kind of delving into that world just, I mean, they have a lot of free time on their hands. So, I mean, it's like, what else are you gonna do? It's kind of like learning the guitar now. So I feel like a lot of people are kind of jumping into that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. No question uh, about that. So, as I said, for props, um, Lafreniere is the primary prop target for me with the Rangers. You can go with Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Rust if you like with Pittsburgh, but i always going to go for Ra- Raquel. I find Raquel's always a little bit better value, a little bit better price with his props. So, and again, he's played well since go- uh, coming over to the uh, Penguins from the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, all right, next, ga- uh, next game tonight, Game 1 Eastern Conference. Again, first round matchup, Washington Capitals, Florida Panthers, Florida minus 250, uh, home favorites, 6.5 the total in this game. Uh, I'm going to put it to the test right away that this is going to be a high-scoring series. I like over 6.5, minus 130. I'm even going to sprinkle a little bit on over 1.5 and and even a little bit on both teams to score uh, in the first period as well uh, in this game because actually the one thing about Florida is we know they're a bit of a slow starter habitually uh, this year. We have seen them have, you know, first periods aren't their best period uh, always. They will sometimes allow the opponent to find the back of the net uh, in the opening period. So I like goals, goals, goals tonight different ways, uh over six and a half, uh, first period both teams to score and just a smaller on the uh first period over, uh, which by the way, first period over in this game is two pretty much across the board uh at plus one ten. But I think it was worth a look. I mean I think if we get a I think if we get a two to one score for Florida after the first period, that would not really surprise me one bit. And if if your sports book, regardless of where who it is, offers you um first period correct score. Props. Uh, I would probably look at that in terms of two to one Florida uh, after the first period. Uh, that might be as that's a that's a reasonable expectation score. I think after the first period, in my opinion, uh, in this game, the Florida team total. I do like that a little bit as well, especially with it being three and a half instead of four and a half. I think they can get to four goals. I think they will. I think they'll score four goals a lot. And I do want to factor in one thing: you if if the, if you like a team to win the game tonight maybe bet their team total over. We had four teams that won last night. Carolina went over their team total. Toronto went over their team total. uh, St. Louis went over their team total. LA went over their team total. All four teams that won last night in game one, they went over their team total. So rather than Florida minus 250, which I have zero interest in, uh, laying a price like that, why don't you just go with a minus 140 instead? or a minus 145 on Florida team total, over three and a half. And I think that is uh, the way to go here, uh, rather than lay that big money line price. I think Washington can chip in offensively too, but I really think they're up against it, because I don't think this team defensively, outside of John Carlson uh, and uh, Orlov, there's a drop-off. Jensen's kind of had an up-and-down year. Van Riemsdyk, same thing. Fahervari's still developing. Defending this Florida team that can come at you in waves with Verhage, Barkov, Duclair. Now they have Giroux, Huberto, Bennett, Marchment, Lindell, Reinhardt's your third line. That's a sick third line. It tells you they can go nine forwards deep. And now they have Aaron Ekblad back as well. Big, big news for Florida. Aaron Ekblad ready to go uh, for the playoffs here and will be on the ice tonight for game one for the Florida Panthers. Huge for them. Uh, I think Florida team total, full game over six and a half. Uh, over in the first period and the both teams to score at a plus price in the first period, I think is worth uh, a look as well here tonight with these two teams, Ryan, what's your thoughts here, Washington and Florida?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, there's no doubt that Florida is going to win in my mind. Um, And you mean, Florida, I mean, not sorry, not Florida, Washington has the the capability to score a lot of goals too. So to put an over on that, I think is, is a very easy choice Um, because, you know, like, I mean, I can't remember what that stat was, but I think you saw like Florida had, I think have scored from 11 all the way down to one goal this season. I don't think they've ever actually been shut out once. Um, So, I mean, they've obviously can find the back of the net, you know, their top guys are just absolutely amazing. Like Barkov's such a good leader. I find, Um, you know, Ekblad's one of the best in the league, you know, maybe he's not putting up the point totals like Yossi and McCart, but uh, I, I just just like, I don't think you can really say anything bad about, about Florida in any sort of way, like I, I think, like in my mind personally, I think they were the team last year as well. I mean, I know that they, they lost though. I mean, they have such a good division that they have to beat. Um, but I mean, I, I just, they're the definitely like the top team in my eyes. Like I I would put them over Colorado, and and, I, and what my view is. But I just think they're more like sound all around, and I I, I was kind of disappointed with what the, what they did last year. So I'm kind of hoping that they you know, kind of pick up their socks a little bit and really put a pounding to teams this uh, this playoffs.
1: Yeah, we'll see if they are able to do that. You got to, you know, you still have on the Washington side, the scary thing for Florida is you still have Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, Evgeny Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, Tom Wilson. You got guys that are many years in the playoffs, lots of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to go down without a fight, but I just think with – it, it Doesn't it feel to you, Washington's just been so bloody mediocre this year? I mean, compared to past years, they just haven't been rolling on all cylinders. They, they, and the goaltending is the biggest fear. Now, Bobrovsky can go into these little fits sometimes where he struggles. And yeah. that's probably the one. You talk about where's the weakness, Ryan. I think Bobrovsky sometimes has these little games where you just, whoa, all of a sudden there's a bad goal or two going in. For the most part, he's pretty good. But he does have those moments. And Florida on defense still at times has lapses. But they overcome it with their offense, and more than anything, yeah. Washington's got every bit the same amount of defensive lapses, if not more, than Florida, and I think that's going to be their issue here in this series.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of you can kind of look to like the Toronto um, and kind of relate Florida to that because I think you know the Campbell in my eyes isn't like their strong suit. I mean, you know, Toronto has some weaknesses on defense too, but the thing is, even if if your forwards are performing. And I know playoff hockey's a lot. is is very different, but if your forwards are performing and you know, Bobrovsky lets one in or Campbell lets one in that maybe they shouldn't have. If you have like the confidence, like I said earlier in your team and, and in your goalie that, you know, it's not going to maybe happen again, that game at least then, you know, you look to Toronto, like they, they can score five goals. Like in Florida, you know, like I don't even know what their average was goals per game this year, but it's just like, they're able to put that puck in the net without, you know, any shadow of a doubt. So, so for me, I, 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 I don't really see like the Bobrovsky thing being a problem, even if he does have a, you know, a, a blip here or there, or a period that's badly. Like, they're just, cause then you have to buckle down. And if you just try and sit in tight and hope that Florida doesn't score and try and maintain the lead, like you're going to be in trouble. Uh, that's been always one of my pet peeves, like playing hockey in the past is if you're up by a goal and you just try and sit back, that just gives the other team so much more chances to score. Like you need to still put the pressure on them, but that's not that i don't think teams can do that with florida yeah and
1: and look florida we'd say maybe the one achilles healed the defense well for the first time in a while they're going to have their best six defensemen andrew brunette is going to be able to put out his best six defensemen tonight here for game one aaron ekblad with mckenzie wegar that familiar pairing back together again gustav forsling with radko gudas ben Sherratt with brandon montour so they're going to have the opportunity now let's see this defense now they're all healthy Let's see how they do in game one starting tonight against the uh, Capitals. All right, Nashville, Colorado. We turn to the West. Western Conference first round, game one, Preds and Avs. Colorado, look at the price, minus 330 here in game one. Uh, The total, six and a half across the board. You know, Ryan, to be honest, I would have given Nashville a little bit of a hope in this series if, you know, UC Soros is available to them, but he's not. And to, to put your stock in big save, or big save Dave, one year in the playoffs with Calgary, for me, ever since then, he's been big sieve, Dave. That's what he's been uh, for, the, for, for anybody he's played. Calgary, Toronto briefly, Nashville this year, his numbers aren't great. I mean, David Riddick, I don't trust him, flat out. You know, it's really that simple. Uh, 3.57 goals against, 8.86 save percentage. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. And to make matters worse for him, um, the defense for Nashville you know other than Yosi and uh, Fabro's okay, uh, but other than Yosi and um, Ekholm, you know there's some there's some issues with the hey, Alexander Carrier and Borvietsky's a bit of a plotting defenseman physical but plotting you can beat him with foot speed yeah. um, you know there's there's some issues on the back end and Nashville down the stretch you look at their defensive you know they blow the lead against Arizona. Uh, With Connor Ingram in that, and that's the thing. If Riddick falters, Connor Ingram's your option. And this guy's had very little NHL experience. He hasn't been great, and he's never played in the playoffs. So that's your issue for Nashville. They blew the lead to Arizona, gave up five to the Coyotes. They gave up four to Colorado, five to Calgary, five to Minnesota, six to Tampa Bay. All those games went over the total. I mean, they got lit up like a Christmas tree defensively, this Nashville team. Uh, down the stretch. And now they have goaltending you can't count on. So I'm not overthinking this or overcomplicating this at all. I think this is first period puck line for Colorado tonight uh, in this uh, matchup, which you can get a plus 100, even money uh, with the Avs. I think they come out, they storm early. Uh, I like their team total over four, even four and a half, which is what it is right now. I, I still like it over that four and a half. I think Colorado gets five goals here tonight because, look, that's what Nashville's been giving up. Uh, down the stretch uh, coming into this game one Uh, the full game over as well Uh, this is another one these this is like the uh, last game we talked about Washington Florida I think it goes over six and a half here as well uh, between the uh, Predators uh, and the Avalanche because I do think Nashville can score and chip in a little bit Kemper's good we know how amazing the blue line is for Colorado I mean all these got they can get points all these defensemen pile up the points it's amazing Kale McCarr Uh, And company, of course, look at Devon Taves this year. He gets out of the Islanders, Barry Trotz, defensive-minded, tight-checking system. And now all of a sudden he goes from 28 points to 57 points uh, Mm -hmm. from the blue line. Just amazing uh, how this Colorado team is lethal on the back end, lethal up front. McKinnon, Ranton, Landeskog, Kadri, Burakovsky, Lackanen, who's a nice pickup from Montreal. You know, goes on and on with who can put the puck in the net. So I think Colorado gets to five. I like that. I think they jump out to a lead in the first period. So I like the minus a half plus 100 first period puck line, Colorado. And I like their team total over four and a half, the full game over six and a half here uh,
0: as well. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts here, Nashville, Colorado.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I
0: mean, it's just so hard to stop Colorado. So, I mean, anyway, you slice it. If if you're going to put the total over six and a half, like, I mean, all you really have to hope for is for them to maybe... Score five, which they can easily, easily do, um, and then you know you still have Yosi and you still have some big threats on the other on the other side. So I, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's just nothing bad to say about Colorado. They're just such a stacked team. Um, I just think that it's it's going to be kind of a similar like a similar situation to Edmonton and them kind of finding themselves in the playoffs. And if they can kind of if they can produce like they've been throughout the year and kind of keep that same same mentality of you know this is just another hockey game and bring that like confidence into the postseason Then i think they're they're obviously going to be a very dangerous team like there's nothing bad to say they have so much fire powder um you know landis such a good leader i find um you know you don't you don't really see too much of that you know offense where that defensive minded and then you know he's he's a really tough guy you know you see him drop the gloves all the time so um, I think they have a lot of that fight. You know, hopefully Kadri doesn't do anything too stupid. But uh, Bingo.
1: I've mentioned that before. Don't get suspended <laughs> again,
0: you bonehead.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, look, a, look what Clifford did. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows?
0: <laughs> Maybe he'll do something stupid and it'll light a, it'll light a fire this time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can keep him, and he, you know, he's had a stellar year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, they, they, they have such – if you shut down one line, you shut down one person – it's like what do you you're they're just going to rely on every, everyone else right it's just there's nothing that, there's nothing you can do to stop a colorado but i mean i feel like i would have said the exact same thing last year and then you know they obviously lost out last year too when i i think i put them going to the finals and winning i think last year or losing to florida and then florida lost first round and then colorado lost last year and what a second round whatever it was so it's a, it's tough series but I mean if, if they if they can get their heads kind of maybe a little bit out of their you know asses a bit then uh, I think they'll be good to go.
1: Absolutely. And uh this is a great game for props. I expect goals. Uh again, Forsberg, Duchene, Forsberg, Duchesne, and uh uh Johansson have been really good this year. I mean, they've all bounced Forsberg's been good every year, but Johansson's bounced back at a better and Duchene especially.
2: And Matt Duchene yeah. loves
1: his country music. He's comfortable in his own skin down there in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it too. Uh, you know, he's really loving being in that city and, and playing for that team. Uh, and you're seeing him play well uh, as a result. But Lekanen and Burakovsky with Kadri, I think they're good player prop value. And I'll even go to the third line, Ryan, on Colorado and mention JT Comfer, the third line center. City mm-hmm. of Comfer, City of Comfort, JT Comfer uh, for the Avalanche. Uh, I think definitely... I'm coming straight out of Confer. All right, I got to stop, you know, by, <laughs> being with my stupidity sometimes. But uh, nevertheless, a JT Confer down the stretch for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, two, three, four, five, six points in the last six games uh, for Colorado. Two goals during that stretch. Uh, I definitely think um, it's a situation where you could look at uh, his p- props tonight, points maybe even to get on the scoreboard with a goal. Uh, JT Confer as well. And of course I, for Nashville, I'd stick with the gun, the players that have been getting it done. Okay. Duchesne in particular, Forsberg, Johansson. You used to see some offense from, you he's kind of cooled off. Thomas the same thing. Yakov, Trennan down the lineup, Luke Cunning as well. Uh, but they've kind of slowed down offensively. So I would say if you're going to target Nashville props, look toward the big guns to be the ones to uh, lead the way. All right. The final game uh, of this, uh, Went a Tuesday night card. And of course, we've got the betcast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, send me a DM if you want to join us on the betcast. You're always invited. Uh, bring your beers, uh, whatever adult beverage, libation you want uh, on the betcast with us. Uh, live betting, uh, watching the games as they unfold. It'll be a lot of fun. Our first Stanley Cup playoffs betcast tonight, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Dallas, Calgary. We've got Calgary minus 220 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. It's kind of like the last game. It's the the one. This does scare me more. I'm more scared for Calgary than I am for Colorado in terms of a potential upset. Dallas has a way of really giving Calgary fits. They've done it in the past. Two years ago, they knocked out Calgary in the playoffs in the bubble, if you remember. Yeah, and Dallas yeah. upset them that year. That was the year they ran to the Cup final and lost to Tampa uh, that season. The first year they won the back-to-back Tampa Bay. Um, but Dallas just has that way of mucking and grinding the game making it close, tight to the vest. And look, they play good teams. They play them close. They play bad teams. They play them close. That's Dallas. They don't do anything easily. They somehow muck it up to, you know, a lower scoring grind of a game. It wouldn't shock me to see that here. But I think the difference here for Dallas is, you know, Jason Robertson has been great. You know, uh, Rupe Hintz has had an outstanding year. You know that Joe Pavelski is the ultimate playoff performer. He elevates his game at playoff time. He's done it for years. He did it in San Jose. I think I know what I'm going to get from them uh, in this series. They're going to play well. All three of those guys, I buy into them playing well. 41 goals, 38 assists for Robertson this year. 37 goals, 35 assists, 72 points this year for Hintz. 79 points for Robertson. 27 goals, 54 assists, 81 points this year for Pavelski. I know what I'm going to get from them. Yet the guys that I think should be every bit as good and impactful as those three guys, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, I don't know exactly what I'm going to get night to night from them. They can dominate. They can be, be fantastic. And then there's nights you can't find them with a telescope uh, on the ice. I'm serious. I mean, they're just, there's nights where they're just not making that much of an impact. And they need those guys as well if they're going to beat a team like Calgary, who has had just monster seasons from Matt Kachuk, monster seasons from Johnny Gaudreau monster seasons from Elias, Elias Lindholm this year who's been phenomenal for them they need Ben, ben and Sagan to say hey put us on the back we're going to carry you here if you're Dallas if they get those guys having monster series to go with the three I mentioned Robertson and Hints and Pavelski yeah. Dallas is going to have a chance and they've got a young goalie in Ottinger Jake Ottinger who I think is going to be a good goalie for a long time but all of that has to go their way I, Dallas does have a way of giving Calgary a lot of problems. They've done it historically. They've always played them close in the regular season too, but I can't help but think Calgary's just better with their roster. The blue line has been good for Calgary. Jacob Markstrom and net a very good year, all their big guns of Calgary, which we criticized last year for not showing up. Uh, they had a great year this year. I think they show it in the playoffs. I'm not ready to lay this price. I'm not even great. I, I do lean Calgary in regulation. That would be the way. Like, I don't want a puck line because I could see one goal game written all over this thing, and we end up seeing Dallas lose by one, which happens a lot, but I think the safer way to go about this here is uh, Cal- Calgary and regulation. you got to lay the price a little bit on that uh, with the uh, Flames and regulation, but I'm going to go with that here as opposed to the uh, puck line. Calgary and regulation about minus 135 uh, in this game. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with here uh, in game one, and I might even sprinkle on the team total for Calgary just because of the fact that, like I said last night, pick the winner of the game, and bet their team total over because all four teams last night, the team total went over uh in those game one victories. So I'd probably have a small look toward that Flames team total as well, even though they could be a lower scoring game mm-hmm. overall and maybe stay under the five and a half. Uh Ryan, what do you think here? Stars, Flames.
0: I, I think you hit the big one with uh with, with Jamie Benn I mean, I, I think he's he's probably one of my favorite players, you know, ever since what was it, twenty ten. Olympics. Yep. I've always been a huge fan of them, and yet disengaged every now and then in games. It, Don't you find that? It is, it is very true. Um, you know, Sagan. I, I can see that it happens all the time for him. Um, I find he's just not as reliable. But the thing is, I, the big thing, that difference for me is between them is that you know Ben's always a physical guy, at least or usually is. I mean, he he likes to throw it around. He likes to get physical, and like that's something that you need. Um, you know, even if he's maybe not producing like he should be in the playoffs. It's nice to see a leader that's able to do that, and I think that goes actually a long way um, farther than what most people would actually think is is kind of having that kind of leadership and someone that's able to do that. Um, but I mean, like you said, like everyone's just had such a great year with you know with Kachuk and with Kachuk and, and Goudreau. Uh, Markstrom's had a great year, um, but I always I always I kind of think you know that Edmonton or the Calgary are the exact same as the Leafs. I find they're just very star studded very offensive teams and you know that goudreau's he's kind of like a a marner in my eyes and i just don't know how it's going to translate into a playoffs like he's never really excelled in his pressures on him no doubt about it and maybe and maybe that's just you know maybe that's just like what the leafs was before and maybe they're going to pick it up and find themselves but you know in my eyes i just I just don't know if he's gonna get those same opportunities like he likes those those breakaways, he likes those odd man chances where you don't get those all-time playoff hockey usually it's rare maybe a team you know here and there will give those up um you know if they're having kind of like a brain fart game but you know in my eyes i just don't think he's going to get those same quality chances that he's able to score on like you know he likes having that shot where he comes in and then all of a sudden he like kind of flicks it top corner and the goalie doesn't, you know, he has a lot of those things, but I don't think he's maybe gets getting those chances that uh, he usually gets. So, I mean, if if he can get find those chances, I mean, you know, Kachuk's going to be Kachuk. Um, he's going to do what he usually does. Um, so, I mean, I I like Calgary, but I just I think there's just a kind of a big question mark in my eyes in terms of if those big guys are going to be able to continue to be those big guys. I mean, I still think that they're going to beat Dallas. Um, but just, I just don't know how far along that they're going to be able to go. Uh, I think it's just a lot of kind of big question marks. I, wow, that's very interesting. I like the, I like the take because there's so
1: many people singing Calgary's praises, and yet we're seeing a Calgary team that's, no pun intended, been flaming out, you know, the last few years uh, in the uh, playoffs. And uh, the difference, I think, and the reason why, and look, I, I was said the same shit about Edmonton going into last night, and look what happened there. Uh, I'm feeling with this other Alberta brother that maybe I'm falling into that same kind of death trap, death spiral, uh, if you will, here with uh, putting my faith in Calgary. But I think the big difference this time around, huge difference, that's hopefully the players are ready to take that step. Johnny Goudreau, be that impact playoff horse. Kachuk, all these guys, no question. But Daryl Sutter, I think, is the difference. This guy wins at the playoffs. This guy demands you play 200-foot game at all times, both ends of the ice. And if you don't, you're sitting your ass on the bench. Simple as that. You're not playing. You're stapling. You're stapled to the bench. You're done, you know, and you're not playing uh, if you're not going to commit to both ends of the ice and commit away from the puck for Daryl Sutter. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why Daryl Sutter took Calgary to the Cup Final 2004. What a defensive hockey team that was. That's why Daryl Sutter won multiple Stanley Cups with the LA Kings last decade, because oh. they had that commitment to team defense, uh, to help out the goalie, back check for the forwards at all times, help out your blue liners, all of that. Uh, And this is the difference I think with Calgary this year. And then we're going to look back on this and say, if Calgary wins us a couple of rounds, goes to the conference final, or even a cup final, we're going to say Daryl Sutter played the part in it because he's just a winner at playoff time. He demands playoff style hockey from his teams, holds them accountable to it. And I think that's what we're going to see from Calgary here in the playoffs. If they have that kind of success with all due respect to Bob Hartley and Jeff Ward and Bill Peters and all the recent coaches they've had uh, during these recent playoff struggles, none of them hold a candle to the playoff track record of the one and only Daryl Sutter. So if Calgary's better this year in the playoffs, I think that's a big reason why.
0: Yeah, I, I I, I agree with that. I mean, obviously he has uh, the record behind him to, to, you know, so that we can have that viewpoint. Um, Just the one thing that I've always kind of been curious about is, you know, certain people get coached in certain ways. Like I know for me, I didn't like a coach that was all over me. Like, I knew when I made a mistake. Um, I didn't need the, you know, coach coming you up. You didn't to need play. to be reaming me out kind of thing. That's how Yeah, I exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I have I have no clue. Maybe, like, you know, maybe Goudreau is is the complete opposite of me. Um, but I just, you know, if, if you have a coach that can be all over you and, you know, bench you if you don't play a certain way, which obviously, you know, playing that playoff hockey might be a little bit different for, you know, Goudreau is that going to stifle him? And is is that going to be, you know, inhibit his production? Is that going to, you know, mentally, is he going to be thinking more about defense and he's not going to be able to produce like he should have been, like he should be producing or like he did in the, in the regular season. So like, that's kind of my, I'm just kind of curious how that's going to kind of unfold with in playoffs because you know everything's just so much bigger, right. You know, in, in the regular season, you know, there's a lot of games, you can kind of let things slide by. I mean, obviously, you know, he's kind of a hard-nosed coach, but, and so I'm just kind of curious how that's going to kind of unfold, if uh, if that's going to inhibit the good draw at all, or if he's going to be able to still be himself. And if he's able to be himself with that emphasis on defensive play, then obviously they're going to have a great chance.
1: Yeah, yeah I can understand the human component, the human element where, yeah, you, you turn over the puck, let's say right in front of your net and it leads to a goal, you know, and you know, you made the mistake, right? You know it. You know, it's like, wow, I really fucked up there. Wow. Uh, and, and it cost our team. And then you go back to the bench and there's the coach saying, what the fuck were you thinking there? And, and then you're right. You get pissed off because it's not like, you know, you know what you did. You, know, you want to almost shout right back to the coach. Like, I'm not stupid, man. I know what yeah. I've done.
0: You know, it's like, yeah. geez. And, and like back off a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. So, I mean. Like I said, I mean, but the thing is some, some people absolutely love that. Like some people, when they're having a bad game, they need someone to get all over them. And, you know, I've had that from here and, you know, a couple of times before where, you know, they kind of lit a fire under my ass, but you know, for me, I've been always been the kind of the farther you stand back, you know, to a certain degree, obviously, you know, everyone needs coaching. Everyone needs to help out. You know, I mean, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. So, um, you know, I, I need coaching as much as anyone else, but, you know, I think there's just a certain time for it. And, you know, if, if you can get in playoff hockey and your coach is kind of all over you for the wrong reasons, um, you know, I, I just don't think it can be good for, you know, team morale because then they're sitting there, well, why is, you know, Goudreau sitting or why is our top player not playing when we need him? That's absolutely true. Uh, great stuff. Uh, before we wrap, uh,
1: player props quickly. Dylan Dubé, uh, Blake Coleman. I know you can you can go Goudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk. Mangiapani Toffoli, Toffoli, don't sleep on him. He seems to elevate his game in the playoffs, too. And he played for Sutter and won cups with Sutter in L.A. with the Kings. So look out for Tyler. There's a bunch of different flames I'd look at, but I'd go beyond just the basics and the the obvious, which is Goudreau uh, you know, and Kachuk. Those are the obvious. Even Mangiapani with the year he's had, that's a little more obvious. Go to, to Tyler Toffoli, a little more value. And I think he elevates at playoff time and knows this coach very well, Daryl Sutter. Go to Dylan Dubé, who down the stretch was absolutely terrific and has scored a bunch of goals the last couple of years in the playoffs for Calgary as well, uh, Dylan Dubé. Uh, those are some good player prop looks for Calgary. Blake Coleman as well, third line, but, man, he has a way of just stepping it up and be, being an offensive force uh, in the playoffs like he did was with Tampa Bay uh, last year. So uh, those are some good player props, in my opinion, for Calgary. For Dallas, I'd stick with just – who I mentioned, Robertson hits Pavelski, Pavelski, especially. When does that guy not score a big goal in the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. I mean, really, I mean, if Dallas is going to have success and have the chance to win games, Ryan, I mean, Joe Pavelski is going to have a big say in that. Uh, in my opinion, Uh, no question. All right, that's the wrap-up on the Tuesday card. A great show. We thank our special guest, Ryan Johnston, for joining us. Before we wrap it up, we're going to let you give us your inaugural best bet on the show. We do a best bet segment at the end of every show. It's just who you think your strongest, team to win we'll say tonight is we'll give you a chance to say that in just a second but before we get to that we want to mention DraftKings Sportsbook official sports betting partner of the NHL and great partners with THPN and the Hockey Podcast Network and the Ice Guys new customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL team and win $150 in free bets DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wage required. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, Best Bets to wrap it up for the Tuesday edition of the Ice Guys. We'll start with our special guest and we thank him for joining us, uh, Ryan Johnston. Ryan, uh, what do you think? Best bet,
0: best pick, what what is it for you? Um I don't know. I mean, it's kind of I think it's kind of an obvious one between like either the Panthers or the Avalanche. I just don't know who I'm more comfortable with. I know you mentioned the Panthers a little bit slow uh sometimes in that first period and you know if you can keep them from scoring later on, but I, I, I think Panthers are going to go all the way, so I kind of have to go with Panthers. I think that they uh, they can kind of do no wrong in my eyes.
1: All right, there we go. Let's go Florida Panthers uh, for uh, Ryan Johnston here in this one. And the Florida Panthers, we'll go regulation here with them, and we'll go with the uh, – which is minus – it's a good price, actually. There's a, a couple books that have it as low as minus 145, uh, the, the regulation on Florida. Uh, So we'll go with that Florida Panthers in regulation minus one forty five against Washington for Ryan Johnston, his best bet. My best bet. Look, I'm frustrating because I I like Carolina winner. I like Toronto winner. uh, And I went with Edmonton first period puck line as my best bet yesterday. And that, of course, fell short. So uh, we'll see if we can get the best bet back in the win column tonight. I'm going to give you two best bets, two overs. Uh, and I can't choose between them. I knew it was gonna be one of them I was gonna go with for best bet. I like both of them. I think we go over the total in both games tonight. Washington, Florida, the two six and a halves. I'm going over the total in both of them Washington, Florida, over six and a half minus one thirty and also uh Nashville, Colorado, over six and a half also a minus one thirty. Uh, I think both of those games end up going over the total so, a couple best bets for me here uh, on this Tuesday NHL card. Uh, And that'll wrap it up. We thank our special guest, uh, Ryan Johnston for joining us Uh, hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it. A reminder, the ice guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 PM Eastern Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. We've got Danny Ehrman joining us tomorrow on the show. We've got Brett McLean back with us on Thursday and we've got Stefan Fournier uh, joining us on Friday. So it is a packed week of guests here on the ice guys. Looking forward to that. Uh, And a reminder, you can't watch the show live. Download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Ryan Johnson, our special guest, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.